So, nope, that's not how I <laughs> I do this all the time. <laughs> okay. Hey there, friends. Welcome to Books That Shape Us. My name is Meg Runyon. I'm an artist, coach, and avid book lover. What's my favorite kind of book? It's the book that speaks to my soul. I'm endlessly fascinated by the power of stories to awaken us and change our lives. And the great thing is, any kind of book can speak to the soul. Join me as I chat with friends, new and old, about the books that captured their imaginations and shaped their lives. We talk about novels, personal development, nonfiction, classics, and children's books. All genres are welcome here. We also share reading memories, books we're reading now, and those embarrassing moments when we mispronounce a word in public. It's a lot of fun. Oh, and a quick heads up, we do occasionally use some salty adult language, so be aware of that. Now get comfy, and let's get into books that shape us. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Books That Shape Us. I'm so excited to have you here. Today, we are going to talk about how to find your next book. I am super excited to share some fun ways that books have found their way into my life and have changed me. And when I follow the threads of how these books found their way into my hands, it's pretty like I said, it's a fun thing. It's, it's fun realizing like, you know, it's that right moment, right time kind of thing. Or when I was ready for these new ideas, the books showed up and I picked them up because I could have said no. I could have ignored them. And there's even, I'll share a story of a book that I ignored for a little while and then it came back around and I loved it. So there are so many ways to get a book recommendation. There are hundreds of thousands of lists. You can go online. You can see what's trending, whether that's on Amazon or the New York Times bestseller or whatever. But there are some other ways to feel into what book you want to read next or what book sounds interesting. And it's an embodied way of choosing your next book. So what do I mean by that? Well, I am a body-mind coach, and that means I work with people helping them reconnect to their body and their creativity, because that's where our wisdom and our intuition lies. And when we pay attention to how we are feeling, we get some really interesting nudges and guides into what is the next thing we want to do, whether that's reading a book or what we want to wear today or what kind of food we want to eat, what kind of life choices we want to make. Tapping into the body and reconnecting with your body and creativity have so much wisdom to give. So I'll share some examples of that today so you can kind of get your head wrapped around what I mean by 
making an embodied choice about your next book. So a lot of that is noticing what sparks your interest. What makes you perk up when you are thinking about, I want to read a book. Notice where your curiosity goes, where your interests, your curiosity really is the best word I feel. Pay attention to that. Have you ever had that experience of like reading a book list and just kind of feeling heavy of like these titles feel heavy, nothing seems really interesting to me? And have you had that experience where like maybe the subject matter sounds very detailed, maybe it's a heavy researched book, but at the same time you're noticing you're curious, you want to find out more, you're intrigued, something has perked up inside of you, it feels like a spark has gone off. That is an embodied experience of curiosity, of interest. And that's your body letting you know, like, hey, let's pay a little more attention to this. This sounds fun. This sounds interesting. I want to know more. And that's what I mean by an embodied decision. It's following that feeling of curiosity, intrigue, fascination, fun, And it could be for books that are lighthearted, like finding a fun murder mystery book that's just some fluffy thing that that feels good because you're feeling the need for something to to disengage from other things that are going on in in your life. Not to bypass completely what's going on, but as a way to take a break. Or... It could be a book that has more depth to it, has more challenge to it, but you still feel a curiosity, a fascination. Like maybe the subject matter is tough, like racial injustice, what's going on in the world. And those can be some heavy things. But if you're looking at those titles or thinking about those books and you're just like, oh, but I want to know more. I want to do better. I want to learn how to be better in this world. That is also a calling forth. That is also your intuition nudging you of like, hey, we're ready for this. Let's let's learn more. So learning to follow that curiosity, that thing that fascinates you, intrigues you, something that keeps you wanting more, is a way of making an embodied choice about your next book that you would like to read. So here are some things that I've noticed over the years of fun ways that I have followed these different threads of of inspiration, of curiosity, and creativity in my choosing of the next book I want to read. So have you ever been reading a book and noticed like 
at the beginning of a chapter, there's a quote from someone, whether that's a line of poetry or just something someone said. For a long time, I would just kind of ignore that and be like, no, I want to get to the meat of the chapter. I want to get to what's in this book. This intro quotation stuff is just fluff. Until I started paying attention and then started noticing, oh, the author chose this to open up a chapter because they felt that was, that was a way of introducing their idea. It sparked their curiosity. It, it resonated with them. And so I started paying attention to those quotations and those lines of poetry. And that's how I started to fall in love with poetry. That's how I started to discover new authors. Because the quotation would be there and someone's name and it's like, oh, I've heard of that person. Or no, I haven't heard of that person. And I noticed curiosity. I noticed that spark of intrigue and I wanted to learn more. So I started to look up those authors, started to look up those poets, and that has led to some really fun discoveries. It's how I discovered poets like Rumi and Hafiz. It's how I found Jack Gilbert, who is another poet. It's a way of you know, they give you a little snippet of this person's ideas and thoughts. So if you find yourself inspired by those thoughts, then maybe that's someone you could look up and see if they have written anything or created something. I mean, what if it's from a movie and it's a movie you've never seen or a movie that you've been wanting to see? It can go in so many directions. The other thing I started doing was... If I was really enjoying a book, really enjoying an author, and they started to put in notes in their, in their work of like citing other works in their either re- research or influence, I used to ignore those because it's like, I don't want to, I just had, you know, that feeling of being back in school and having to pay attention to footnotes which always felt like they disrupted the, I, the thoughts that were being shared or like, ugh, I have to r- write a research paper. But after a while, I had a couple of authors that would put notes in their books as references to what they were researching at the time or, or felt influenced at the time. And that is how I've discovered some pretty amazing books. So let me share a specific example. A long time ago, I read the book The Secret Life of Bees by Sue Monk Kidd, and I loved it. Wonderful book. I can't remember if there were notes in that book, but I remembered the author's name. And then a few years later, I came across a book by Sue Monk Kidd called The Dance of the Dissident Daughter, and it's her story of finding the sacred feminine in faith, in spirituality. And she has a lot of notes in that book. She references a lot of authors and papers. And I just 
gobbled it up. Because at the time I was wondering where, where I was in my spiritual journey and looking for something more and desiring to learn more about the sacred feminine. And how can I square that with my Christian upbringing? And that's a story for a different time. But this book came from Sue Monk Kid. I found it at just the right time. And it spoke to me. And I was hungry for more. So I went into the notes section at the back of the book and made a list of books. I didn't write down all the books that she annotated, but she had such a wide variety that I would just go through and I made a list of the books that sounded interesting to me. And to this day, like that was, oof, that was a while ago. And I'm still making my way through that book or through that list of books that I got from that one book. And one of the books that I wrote down was Women Who Run With the Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes, which I've mentioned multiple times on the podcast. I will never stop talking about this book. I love it so much. And I got it from reading the notes section of a different book, reading the notes section of Sue Monk Kids' book. And the funny thing is, the first time I read Women Who Run With the Wolves, I kind of didn't like it. I didn't get very far. I was so disappointed because I loved the title. I loved the title. And I thought, this is going to be an amazing book. And I just wasn't quite ready for it, I guess, because it felt really dry. And I don't remember if I got past the first chapter. But this book reemerged in my life in another fun way of how I find my next book. And that's through paying attention to what's, what people are talking about around you. What books are they talking about? And does that spark that curiosity in you? Does that perk something up inside of you? And Women Who Run With The Wolves, that book, I tried reading it. Didn't like it at first. Was really disappointed because I thought it'd be amazing. And like, Two years later, maybe three years later, I was in Mexico City in a bookstore, standing in line to buy a book, and there were two women behind me speaking in English, and they were talking about women who run with the wolves. And one, one woman was just sharing how meaningful that book was in her life. And I just laughed to myself of like, Okay, I I really I would I want to try reading this book again because hearing this conversation is really piquing my interest and I'm curious and this book seems to have all the things that I love. I just couldn't get through the first chapter those years ago. So I picked up Women Who Run with the Wolves and I loved it. I loved it. It is now one of those books that I keep going back to and always learning something more, always revealing something more. So paying attention to how people are talking about books around you and noticing if it piques your curiosity. 
And if that curiosity stays around for more than an instant, for me, sometimes it takes a few mentions of like, there's some books that I will pick up after the first time someone mentioned it. And then there's some books that's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then it shows up again in either another conversation or I see something about it online or I hear an interview of the author. And it's one of those, like, sometimes it takes like three or four mentions before I will pick up a book. And by that time, my curiosity has been piqued. And a couple other things is that just noticing if your favorite authors have favorite authors. And maybe that's something you want to explore. So always paying attention to this desire to explore, this curiosity, noticing what catches your eye and what perks you up. These are all ways of making an embodied choice. These aren't decisions that are necessarily coming from your thinking mind of like, oh, I need to read this book because it's in the top 10 bestseller list or that feeling of should I should read this book because everyone else is talking about it screw that can you feel the heaviness of the word should should feels like an obligation and there are books out there that are hard to read but are good to read but I think we need to come to those books from an inspired place rather than an obligated place. You will get more from a book if you come to it from an inspired yes, an embodied yes. I feel curious. My interest is piqued. Something in this is resonating with me. And that is an embodied way to choose what your next book is. And like I said before, this could be books that are, you know, those just for the sake of fun books. And you can use this process for finding your next interesting, I want to learn something kind of book. And just like this podcast, be open to exploring all kinds of books. Because all kinds of books can have that teachable moment, can have that inspired feeling. It can be a kid's book. It could be a graphic novel. It could be historical nonfiction. It could be historical fiction. All kinds of books can speak to our souls. And all kinds of books can can spark our curiosity. So pay attention. Pay attention to what curiosity feels like in your body. That kind of lift up, that perking up, that lightness, that shoulders rolled back, chest open kind of feel like, I'm curious. I want to learn more. Tell me more. And follow that as a way to find your next book and see what happens. So that's my 
invitation for you to make an embodied book choice, finding your next book in an embodied way. And if you're looking for a place to start, you can go to the show notes and download my creativity and inspirational book list. I'm calling it that because these books, and they're from all different kinds of genres, these books have sparked inspiration in me, have shaped my life, and awoken my creativity. And I believe everybody is creative. So this isn't just for artists or people who are already doing something creative. This is for everybody. So you, whether you identify as someone who feels creative or not, this book list is for you. It's my sharing of like, hey, these are the books that have shaped me and inspired me. Also on that book list, I have a list of books that have been featured on this podcast. So it's not just books that have shaped my life, but books that have shaped other people's lives. So you can go to the show notes and download that book list there and see what books spark your interest, what titles spark your interest, what authors spark your interest. And just follow your curiosity. Follow that interest. And in the show notes, you can also find a link to my website to find out how to work with me as a body-mind coach. I help people reconnect to their body and their creativity so that they live a resilient, confident, and playful life and feel comfortable in their own skin. I love working with people one-on-one to help awaken that creativity that I believe is in everyone and to help people learn how to live from an embodied place, a place where you are connected to your body as well as your mind. Because, again, that is connecting us to our wisdom and our intuition. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. If you want to learn more about how you can support the show, you can go to the show notes as well. You can always subscribe and tell your friends, leave a review if you're loving this. And if you're able, there's also a link in the show notes to donate money to support the production and creation of this podcast. So whatever you're able to do, thank you for your support. Take good care. And I'll see you next time.